This is Inspiring Design, where unique innovators come together to share their knowledge, share their insight, and keep us up to date with the latest industry trends. And here's your host, Rashan Senanayak. What's up, listeners? Welcome to a brand new episode of Inspiring Design Season 2. I'm your host, Roshan, and unlike every other episode that we've done in Season 2, today is actually a unique point of view. In fact, it's an international point of view. Season 2 has been all about the student's point of view, and today is really no exception to that. We're still design thinking our way through education, featuring design students from all over Australia in various subject areas, disciplines, and stages in their educational career. So to kick things off today, I have here with me a very special guest, one of my past students and now a good friend, Victor Nguyen. He's gonna be talking about design from an international student's point of view, going through what his career has been so far. Victor is now 26. He was a transfer student from Vietnam he has now graduated from his Master of Architecture in 2019, congrats. Victor came to Australia in 2011 and has been living here for more than eight years, taking six years to complete his architecture study studies. So that's a pretty impressive um, feat and his journey as an international ha student has been a unique one. So let's get into it and find out how design education has been through the eyes of an international student. Welcome to the show, Victor. Thank you, Rishan. Can you give, start off with a little bit of background on yourself, your story? Okay, so I, um, I came here in um, 2011 and I spent the first nearly two years to studying English. Mm -hmm. And um, back in the time, I, I never thought I would, I would do something relating to um, architecture or any uh, sort of drawings mm -hmm. um, because when I when I was in high school, that my worst subject was like drawing something relating drawing. Yeah. Um, so no experience, no background study. So, um, but I I came to architectures. I think it's just like I can say it's like my destiny to do this, and um, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Was there a calling, or how did you know? Was it just a gut feeling? Um, honestly, like at the beginning, well, the reason was um, when I do my um, English study at, uh, at um, Kelvin Grove, um, one of my friends asked me to do architecture with him because mm -hmm. he said that his family was, um, so his uncle family um, has a business about uh, construction and, and uh, design here. So. Mm -hmm that would be a good chance for us if we complete study and then we know someone in the industry, you know? Yeah. So then, yeah, I, I spent like one week to think about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and also back in the time where I was like um, in the middle of the intersection, I don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to do uh, when I finish my, my English. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So essentially you decided to study archie after you came to Australia? Yes, yeah. Awesome. 
prior to that in Vietnam, did you have any inclinations or did you did you even think about it? Not at all, because right. um, <laughs> a bit a bit special. I don't know here, but in 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 my country, Vietnam, we if we want to study. Um, architecture we have to spend like I know a lot of my friend in high school they um, spent hours outside class mm-hmm. doing the drawing class right so they actually went to the center where they teach you how to draw the portrait how to draw the uh, you know the head portrait mm-hmm. and everything about um, drawings mm-hmm. they learn it because we actually have to do the tests the national tests Um, to get into the architecture school right so because I not a fan of drawing so I can't do it (laughs) that's the thing I can't do it Um, and I never thought that I have the ability to do that so architecture in like saying doing architecture in my country was impossible to me to get into the school was the the first challenge yeah Um, and I'm I don't think I can pass that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, I've seen your drawings and I've, I think I've said this to you many times. You have an incredible ability to draw, but for some reason you believe that you don't, you can't draw. But um, either way, you're here now with actually having graduated from your master's and are now headed towards work experience. So what's the next step now? Are you looking for work at the moment? I um yes I'm still looking for a job mm-hmm. but um, recently I got an um, offer um, from one of the uh, consultant company he um, he's a good friend of my friend so mm-hmm. he um, he doing he, he not designing he doing the tool yeah but yeah uh, it's just a more firm but I think this is a good opportunity to work with him so I can learn more from him and um, so as establishing more uh, networking yeah yeah that's awesome having you only graduated last month so having having an offer there already as an international student yeah. I think that puts you ahead of pretty much the majority of even the local students so well done mate like that's that's pretty pretty amazing feat yeah I think I was um, a bit lucky <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's we're here to talk about how as an international student your education in design was about. What do you think was your biggest challenges and obstacles as an international student? Um, well, the biggest challenge, um, I would say um, the, langu- the language, the yep. language barrier. Of course. Um, even if now I'm still, I can speak more fluent mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, than the last um, uh, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your home home language, by the way, the native the tongue? The Vietnamese, yeah. Okay. So when when I first came here, that's why I spent like two years in in um, Calvin Grove studying English. Yeah. Just to get to um, that level to be enough into architecture. Yeah, yeah. Um, so was that just English? Just. No, mainly English. Okay. There was something else like Australian study and, mm-hmm. you know, some uh, marketing. Marketing, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just a part of the, the course. I don't know. Right. But mainly um, English. So you had to go and through a few extra years before you could even qualify to actually study art. That's right, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. right. Um, and the uh, ability to talk in front of people, like doing uh, oral presentation, yeah. that's that's a big challenge because mm-hmm. um, I still remember the first time I s- 
stood up uh, in front of my class and it's in first was, year. No, no, in, it was in um, when I was studying English. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I literally read from the paper. So we 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 asked to do a oral presentation about you know uh, a random topic and mm-hmm. I was so nervous. Yeah, that's same thing happened when I do my first um, design assignment in uh, first year architecture. And do you think that's because of the? It because of the language. Language barrier. Um, yeah. I would say seventy percent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I'm afraid that um, the listener don't understand what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and they don't get what I'm trying to show. Yeah, um, things like that, you know. And you know, standing in front of people and uh, looking into their eyes, and you know that they're looking at you. Yeah, yeah. It's nervous. Yeah, no, yeah. that's. I think I think that's a fear a lot of people have actually, even yeah. if they can speak the language fluently and the and. You had to actually go through that fear of public speaking at the same time. On top of that, you had the language barrier. Yeah. So, how did you actually overcome that? Looking back from 2020 um, now, do you think you are at a comfortable place now? A bit more, I will say. Okay, good. Yeah, um, I I think the best advice for this how to how how I overcome myself mm-hmm. to uh, so I can I'll be able to talk uh, more naturally mm-hmm. more confidently um, the first thing the first thing is you have to get uh, yourself know to everyone yeah so they know you and you know them yeah and that's how I learned from the uh, from, from from the past six years okay so the first few years there were I was so nervous I was literally don't stop don't don't talk anything um, during the tutorial class because remember we having like a uh, tutorial discussions mm-hmm. and everyone say their opinion mm-hmm. and I trying to find a reason to get out when it's come to my turn right yeah so it was nervous because I didn't talk to anyone at all yeah um, they don't know me I don't know them as well so I'm nervous so what does um, it to do if you don't talk <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know. They just ignore. Okay. <laughs> just, some wow. of them just ignore. Yeah. Um, well, I remember them, you being pretty talkative in second year when I had you, for the first time. That was <laughs> the end of second year, so I probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> I mean, um, the tutor. The tutor is one of the main factors that contribute to. Um, I think my personal performance mm-hmm. in the class, yeah, because the more um, friendly, closely, uh, you know, to your tutor, mm-hmm. then you can share your opinion without any hesitation. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's just like you. I mean, we we can talk uh, naturally. Um, yeah. Just outside of the the assignment, we can talk many things. So. Mm-hmm. We are more um, open rather yep. than a different tutor. Yeah, yeah. So that's one. So that of actually the made you feel comfortable enough yeah, to open yeah, up. Yeah, okay, that's cool. that's one thing. Um, and the other thing, like I say, you need to get like this. You need to spend the first two weeks um, talk to your friends, the friend your your um, friends in class. Mm-hmm. So you know who they are. 
Yeah. So then you can, in your presentation, you can interact with them when you do the talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually, I think, valuable advice. Even if you're in the industry, that's something that mm. if you're a professional going to pitch a certain design of a product or a space or a building or, or even an app or something, your client getting to know them at that level, I think rather than keeping them as strangers, that's actually really insightful advice because that that's about building relationships and you get to know them really well. So that's really cool. And how did you how did you figure that out? Just uh, by chance just, or just felt right? Just <laughs> talking because um, I was bad. Uh, my my grades was bad. Not not a fail, but just <laughs> just enough to pass. Okay. Um, I figure out why. And that has nothing to do with your design ability. It was the language barrier, isn't it? No, at at that time my language wasn't that bad okay. anymore because um I I can I can do an oral presentation okay as mm-hmm. a okay level mm-hmm. um but then I wondering why my design is not as good as other people because back in the time where I look at other people work yeah. and I say well there's not much gap different you know, in, in their level of skill, mm-hmm. level of design, yeah. uh, comparing to mine. So, so you I, did a lot I, of come to talk, I come to talk with my tutor mm-hmm. and he, and they say, uh, you need to, you need to be, um, you know, you, you need to com- communicate more with your um, peers mm-hmm. and your tutor so they can understand what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Because I was, Honestly, like in the first year, I thought all oh, the tutor can understand what we're doing because they are tutor, right? They yeah. are designer, <laughs> yeah. and apparently not. Sometimes they not. They mm-hmm. just they need to listen to what you've been doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah you need to tell them. So um, I think the communicate is a very important key, even if when you um, in the in the industry and you can't assume everyone understand what you're saying. Yeah. You have to, um, you know, <laughs> how to say, like, uh, you have to chat with them. You yeah. do. You need to yeah. spend time. Yeah, and yeah spend time. Yeah. I think that's, that's another thing, a big takeaway, given that there's a lot of teachers listening to this mm. in secondary and tertiary as well. That's, that's actually really insightful to hear from a student's point of view because the first couple of weeks, if you don't spend the time to know your student, how do you know what they're, what they're going to be like, their personalities, their, their strengths and weaknesses, where you can, as a tutor, you're a facilitator, you, how do you know where to guide them? So that's, that's great. And I actually think it should be ongoing rather than the first two weeks, but the first two weeks is actually where you put in more effort. I think that's a focus to build those relationships with your students. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. <laughs> and in terms of software, so obviously in design, there's a lot of software software applications that you need to learn. How did you go about learning those? And was there a lot of self-teaching involved? Okay, this, <laughs> this is a good story. Okay. Right? Um, in my, the whole first year, mm-hmm. we're not allowed to do, um, to do any software at all. Yep. It has to be hand draw. Um, Coming from a background of not thinking that you can actually draw. Yep. Yep. <laughs> How that's, did you tackle that? That's the biggest, biggest challenge. 
even if like comparing to um, what I did in my uh, last year in Barcelona, mm-hmm. which is the heaviest subject, um, this the first year was the most challenge mm-hmm. that I had um, because. I can draw. I don't know how to draw perspective. I don't know how to draw um, things uh, that can express your uh, my idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, I don't have any software at all. So that's that's why I'm saying my result was just enough to pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't have any ability. Uh, so that's why when I finished my um, first year, I think I was a bit lucky. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there was um, a friend of my father. He he's an architect, but he's like old school. He do all hand draw, and um, he has a company. Mm-hmm. And in his company, he has one guy, and now. That guy, he he become my tutor, my my mentor. Yeah. In um, Vietnam, and he taught me Revit. Perfect. He's a um, self learning guy, so he read from paper. Yeah. Read from books. Yeah. Even though his English was, like, nothing. Mm-hmm. But was he talking mo- in English to you or? No, no, in 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 Vietnamese. Right. So you had to actually then translate that back to English when. In your mind, that's right. When um, I still remember, um, there one of the subject that, um, yeah, that was um, the vis visualization subject or something. We mm-hmm. asked to uh, do a, a Revit assignment. We have to rebuild that in mm-hmm. uh, Revit. Yeah, I don't know what beam is. I don't know. I just know. I know the columns because column is common. Yeah. We all know English, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't know beam. Mm. What is beam? Mm-hmm. Then I talked to my father. This is back in second year. Yeah. Or first year. Uh, was that second year? I think it's second year. Okay. Yeah. 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 Something like that. First year, second year. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to my dad. I asked him, "What's beam?" And he he. The thing is, I don't know what beams call in my language, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know what he, that is the beam. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a language barrier again because you yeah. can't actually translate that one from yeah. one language to the he other. He called that. He called that beam in uh, Vietnamese. Can I know what that is? Um, I think he called yam. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. And do you know what that breaks down into in Vietnamese? No. Okay. <laughs> I just know how, how. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, back in the time, I just know how to spell. That's all. Yeah. 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 Wow. I don't know what, what they do, how they connect to the column. Mm-hmm. So you know how beams connect to columns, mm-hmm. and see my, because my dad, uh, when he was young, he worked for the construction uh, company, so he knows uh, quite a bit about uh, building houses. But the thing is, we have the language barrier. He doesn't know English. Mm. I don't know what they call in Vietnamese mm. by translating translating from English. Yeah, that's that's the first thing. So, uh, but then I mean, when I when I had the like the challenge to do a software assignment in in um, doing acuity. So I have no choice. I think I have to like overcome myself mm-hmm. back to my country. 
learn that Revit like in I think in five weeks mm -hmm. every single day I come good. I come to see him every single day and we spend like at least five six hours mm -hmm. just to learn the basics and you did that during your holiday time yeah wow yeah so I went back to Vietnam for five weeks mm -hmm. I spent like almost um, almost four and a half weeks to him like come to his company mm. during a lunch time and then uh, we work on that until he finished work and go home and like yeah, every day four or five hours yeah and of course this is unpaid uh, yeah 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 well at the first we um, my my parent my dad pay him mm -hmm. but then um, then we become like he he took me as his, his student yeah so he share um, his experience, his knowledge, because I I really um, respect him because he can learn from himself. Like mm -hmm. he he can do self learning really well. Yeah. Even though he doesn't understand English much, but he can guess what's it meaning, and he watched the tutorial on YouTube and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, amazing so mm -hmm. that's how i learned um revit yeah but then it's just the beginning yeah um so when i back to australia and back to school back to uni um it's this long process of self-learning and um the thing is you don't have the chance to practice if you're on holiday so mm -hmm. you have to get something to work on like an assignment or something mm -hmm. and the lucky thing is he um, he agreed to help me one while I'm I'm doing um, my architecture in Australia. So mm -hmm. we we do a Skype yeah video call yeah and then um, we do a team view. So he actually jumped into my computer screen yeah and he showed me oh you have to do this and this and this right know? yeah. So you found your mentor, which has actually brought you a long way. Yeah yeah. Honestly, I um, appreciate what he spent with me because because we have a three hours gap in in hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and he sometimes he stay up like just to show me how to do that in drawing for my assignments. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, all the knowledge about how to build, how to render, and how to do a. Um, presentation war mm -hmm. things like that yeah. wow that's actually really cool because that <laughs> allowed you to spend your holidays in a very productive way essentially professional development that other people call it yeah. and you went out looking for it and you found this person and turned it into something something really good yeah. now it, it's it's really funny because i remember when i first came into australia i wasn't as old i was in year six but the same language barrier was there so coming from sri lanka that translation issue to little things and it's nothing to do with your iq it's nothing to do with how smart or your capabilities your skills or weaknesses or anything like that i remember this one maths quiz they the teacher was just um reading out what the equation is and we're supposed to do it in our minds without calculators in grade six and write down the numbers so this was like a pop quiz and uh, i remember getting almost zero consistently for almost every single one to the point where the teacher actually had to ask my parents to come in and have a chat because I was you know not doing well mm. <laughs> and they were thinking that I should go down to a remedial class because 
the equations were things like this, and I remember this one very, very specifically because it was things like 43 divided by 7. What's the remainder? Now, I have never heard of the word remainder until in that class because obviously doing that maths in my head, half a second, not even that. It's very simple. Even back then, I remember we, uh, the maths in Sri Lanka was very advanced, so it wasn't a problem doing the maths. But then this word remainder, I had no clue what a remainder was. So I'm guessing, right? So I would go 50. And the teacher's looking at my answers going, okay, this guy is special. <laughs> he's, he's struggling. He can't understand what's going on. They're thinking it's something else because the teacher actually never spent time properly right. understanding what's happening. But anyway, then we, when we came to Brisbane, they gave an IQ test with an actual translation part involved in it. And it was no problem. They'd actually then put me one year ahead because they thought the knowledge is there, the skill is there. It's literally just a language issue. So it took me a good, good year and a half because I had English knowledge back in Sri Lanka to a point. But if I didn't have that, I'd be in your same boat. So this actually brings me to a very weird question. And I'm going a little bit off script here, but do you think in your mind in Vietnamese or in English? <laughs> No, no, that's a good question. Um, I think that's that's a very common uh, experience mm -hmm. to any of um, anyone that learned English as a second language. Mm -hmm. So, because when I learned, um, we we did learn English in in high school, mm -hmm. but the thing we don't have the environment to practice to talk every day. Yeah. But here, um, when I first came to Australia I went I just like surrounding me with just all Vietnamese and I I work for the uh, butchery shop mm -hmm. and I start talking in English and back in the time where so I how old were you when this was going on 18 okay so this was in first year or before that uh, before that before okay. that yeah right. the very beginning yeah um, yep yeah. so Back then, when I use English, I have to translate. Like I spend like one less than one second, well, one two seconds. Yeah. Um, translate from Vietnamese to English, and so I then can talk. speak. <laughs> because yeah. I'm afraid that I didn't speak correctly mm -hmm. in grammar, in you know, in this correct accents and you know, up and down voice things like that. Yeah. Um, but then I realized the more I talk, the more it's come inside, you know, so it's come become your native um, um, It's reaction. muscle memory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so now it's, I think sometimes it's easier if I, if I think in English, like, because that's how I speak. So it's as to be as how I think, so I can speak to what I think. Mm -hmm rather than I have to translate back into Vietnamese and then translate back into English so I can speak, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I think I just pick up from that while I talk. Yeah. So, I learned from the past years. So, yeah. Yeah. Did so, you actively go and hang out with English-speaking students? Or did, did that make a difference? Or was that by chance? Um, I think... No, okay, not really. Mm -hmm. But I do have, I do have, but not, not that. Um, not consciously. Yeah. 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 Um, most of my friends just Vietnamese, 
naturally um, that would happen yeah yeah <laughs> um i do have some friend uh in in uni but because the thing i think that's another story about a different in 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 culture mm-hmm. that we can talk in class but not outside yeah you know? yeah uh, or maybe it's just me because i am i i was busy with um working because mm-hmm. um like a, an international i have to take care of my expenses like uh, like home renting and all that so i have to i have to work so outside class working so no hanging out well this was uh, my actual next question going to yeah. be because you have you don't have your family here you have you, outside of uni is one thing that most people see as an international student but then there's a whole bunch of other barriers behind it. So like you said you had to work, you had to were you living on your own? Yep. Okay. So you had to, you were living on your own, you had to manage a whole household, you had to find rent. How did you manage that and what was your li- work life balance like? <laughs> um if there was any. <laughs> no. It's not at all. It's not a balance um because <laughs> um yeah, I think uh, Well, when you get to the situation where you have to keep going mm-hmm. and then you have no choice and uh, you have to work you have to manage yourself to survive mm-hmm. yeah yep. um, well it's actually uh, it's good experience because by working you you get a chance to meet a lot of people uh Like I was lucky when I um, the first thing I do here in Australia was uh, in the butchery shop, mm-hmm. and I met my uh, now I call uh, my adopt mother, mm-hmm. adopt mother. Mm-hmm. She's Vietnamese, but she'd been living here for like forty years plus. Right. Um, so there was a two year time I um, I live in their house. Mm-hmm. So I then I I can pick up their language. That was my lucky, yeah. Because she taught me how to speak correctly, how to pronounce correctly, mm-hmm. um, and he, she, she taught me like even like in daily stuff like driving. She taught me how to drive, and it's amazing. Yeah, all that. Even if now she, I still, I'm still learning a lot from her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was from working. So yep. I got that relationship from working. Yeah. So um so full-time studying, how many hours were you working? As many as I can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you need the funding. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's occasionally. Mm-hmm. It's not a whole uh full-time um so I have to manage my own time management. Mm-hmm. Uh because apart from study, so saying like in the early semester where we have uh, not many assignment I can work more. You work more, yeah. Yeah, when it's come to the end where we like near the deadline, I have to cut off. Yeah. So yeah. it's your um management skill. Yeah. Uh which is really important. Yeah. Uh sometimes <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work because um I'm kind of like a last minute person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I found that 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 um that where my motivation is highest. Mhm. And when it's higher, I got to focus, mm-hmm. and that's how I do better. Okay. Yeah. Good. So, 
um, and I'm kind of like emotion kind of person. So mm-hmm. when I don't want to do assignment, I just leave it aside. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I yeah. just leave it aside yeah. until like you got no choice, and when you get, you just start getting your hand on it, and then you just keep going nonstop. Yeah, that and was. I still remember in was was second years. Um, not, that not that not a. Uh, um, our key subject, but it's uh, landscape. Yeah, it's still part of the study. Um, I spent like three hours, no, three days with six hours sleep in total. Wow. So it's just like two hours sleep, wake up, two yep. hours sleep, wake up. So that's 100% working on studies or is that working? At- on study. Right, on study. okay. Yep. So do assignments and then do a model, do drawings right yep in the whole three days yeah yeah Yeah. and were there um time periods when you were going to class during the day and then have to work at night kind of days yeah yeah there was some time but i try my best to avoid that because uh, obviously it's not 100 percent performance Mm. um sleep's important yeah yeah (laughs) sleep important um but when i have no choice i either ask to get a day off or if I can't do anything, so let's just let it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no choice, literally. No, I think you've come a long way, mate, like obviously learning about those things. And as an international student, you have a lot more, um, what do you call, things like visa to worry about, which a local student wouldn't even think about. <laughs> and qualifications <laughs> with things and, and then working and renting and managing your own life and the language barrier and the cultural differences and finding new people and everything right so i think it's really incredible and having seen you in the start of uni and then for that very last subject i see a massive improvement and that's just a testament of where your life is life can go so keep going on that so that's that's pretty cool and then i've I've, Notice that there's a lot of self-awareness that's developed from having gone through the journey that you have as an international student. So I'm just a bit mindful of time. So I'm, I wanted to ask you, as an international student, do you have any advice for other international students traveling along the same path or just starting out, learning from your challenges or, or maybe even mistakes or things that you would redo or double down on? Do you have any advice for them? Um, for those who th- have the uh, inspiration, like, uh, like you, I'll say for those who want to do Aki, mm-hmm. obviously you got to prepare yourself in high school. You have to learn software. You have to learn at least Photoshop. Mm-hmm. I didn't have when I first start. So yep. that's the first um, uh, experience. Uh, prepare yourself. Um, but if you just want to do architecture like, like myself, like my situation, mm-hmm. uh, might as well just like keep going mm-hmm. nonstop. Yeah. Don't, don't give up in the middle. So you never know what you can do until you make it happen. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. Um, because if I, if I drop in second year because of that rabbit, I wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah, of course. I wouldn't like. Um, I think I might just finish my last year in 
whatever um, <laughs> business. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, um, I never, I never regret uh, of anything because that what you chose to do. Yeah. That so I you never. See through to the end. Yeah. I never regret. Um, I chose to follow Aki because even if that at the very beginning there was really struggle. I almost depressed because I couldn't do anything. Mm. I got nothing in my hand, mm. no skill, no experience, no knowledge. Yeah. Um, but at least I'm still happy because I didn't drop in second year. Mm-hmm. So if I do, if I did drop in second year, I would regret uh, for not completing my Aki yep. study. Yeah. Yep. And that's beautiful, mate, because I think no one can now take that away from you. You've put in the hard yards, you've come out the other side, and I think it's only upwards from here. So that's great work. And I think one of the other unique factors is you went and found key people like your adopt mother, uh, the mentor back at home, anyone else who's helped you along the way that's taught you different skills. It's You've gone searching for it. So that is, I think, a big takeaway, surrounding yourself with the right people. And again, from an international student point of view, do you have any advice for universities and schools who teach uh, international kids on how to make their experience especially here in australia how to make we're a multicultural country and a society so it's one of the biggest challenges that we have is making sure all the cultures feel like they're part of it one nation and so on but in a in your in an international student's point of view they're coming from another country brand new so when that happens there's those challenges that you've gone through do you have any advice for unis in schools to make sure that that's easier i would say um like i said before it's it's all about all about um communication mm-hmm. so uh, instead of taking like a whole class with like 30 people maybe just like make a less number of people so you can spend more time with them yeah because what my experience in in the um design class is the chance to talk with my tutor to get feedback yeah to get um the feedback the idea uh of what i've been doing what i've been designing mm-hmm. and this the time i spend with them is the most important thing because everyone trying to guess their hand um to talk with the tutor and the longest the, the, the longest as possible mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so I would say like spend more time to talk to understand that kind of student mm-hmm. so to know who they are yeah. to know what their ability mm-hmm. so the you know the ability can come from like a software skill a uh, drafting skill and you know so on yeah, yeah. and everyone just um different so you can um assume that one size doesn't fit all yeah 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 mate that's valuable advice and thank you so much for giving up your time and that's it for today everyone but before we leave i do want to give a shout out to ag underscore 13 for your five star review ag underscore 13 said thought provoking design discussions Rashan's inspiring design explores many concepts of learning, thinking, and communicating in engaging ways. It's great to hear a wide range of topics relating to both the design industry and design education from a diverse range of guests. 
If you love design thinking or you have just started to explore new ways of problem solving, this is the podcast for you. AG underscore 13, thank you so much for sharing your love. I really appreciate it. Everyone else, if you would like to hear your review being read across to listeners from over 14 different countries, jump online to Apple Podcasts and share your thoughts. I will make sure to personally read each review at the end of every episode. One last thing, jump on to roshansenanayake.com forward slash podcast and click on Victor's face for the show notes from today's episode. And feel free to reach out to him and learn from his journey as well. Victor, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Rochelle. Till next time.